Today we will continue in banishing fear, now teaching banishing fear, and you know, part one we laid the foundation, part two we looked at banishing financial fear, part three last week we looked at banishing, come on, fear of rejection, banishing fear of rejection. Today, by the grace of God, we will be looking at banishing the fear of failure, banishing the fear of failure. The truth is that no matter how successful we are in some areas of life, we still struggle with the fear of failure in other areas of life. So it's not uncommon to find someone that is um, um, successful in his finances, being afraid of failing in his marriage, or someone succeeding in his marriage, being afraid of failing in his career, or someone successful in um, in parenting, being afraid of failing, even in getting a job. Praise the Lord. So the question is, can we ever be free from the fear of failure? Is it something we should just, that is part of life, that we, we just have to, you know, carry along as we go? Or is this something that can be banished? By banished, that word means expelled, gotten rid of, eradicated from our life. Like, like we said, like every other fear, fear of, of the future, fear of finances, fear of um, um, people's opinion, of rejection, fear of, of failure, and on and on and on and on. Like every other fear, God wants you and I to banish these fears from our lives. So it means when I feel the fear of failure, God wants me to be equipped to chase it out. I may not be able to stop the fear sometimes from creeping in, but I can stop the fear from taking a hold of my life or building a castle in my life. Like someone says, um, when it comes to um, another, another area, we're going to apply to this, you may not stop a bird from flying over your head. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop the bird from landing on your head, building a nest, poo-pooing, and raising a family. You can't do that. <laughs> so that is what we are about and the truth is that there are many dreams that are not realized because we give in to fear. There are many businesses today that will have been a multinational 
that never started because we were afraid. There are many, many initiatives that could have taken and changed your life, benefited a whole lot of other people because, and you didn't take it or I didn't take it or we didn't take it because we were afraid in our careers, in our finances, spiritually. Sometimes you don't want to fail spiritually. So you're afraid to take the step for God. People are afraid to commit to serve God. What if I, I, I'm not able to make one Sunday? I will fail God. <laughs> the fear of failure. People are afraid to even go on their knees and pray. What if, I, what if I'm not able to pray for one hour? Who says you have to pray for one hour? Just go on your knees. I'm tempted to say your, your knees and pray. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus told a story in Matthew 25. Jesus told a story in Matthew 25. And in this story, Jesus is a master of storytelling. He says that a master left three of his servants and he gave them money in simple terms. And one servant took the risk and invested the money he was given and he made more money. The second servant also took the risk and he made more money. And the third servant was afraid of failing, of losing the master's money because the master is a tough guy. So I will not take the risk with his money. And in verse 25 to 26, we see Jesus' response in your outline. It's there in your outline. And Jesus' response is, is very interesting. You know, the, the, the man responded to the master. And he says, so I was afraid. Everyone say afraid. I was afraid. And I went out and hid your talent. I played safe with your talent in the ground. And his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. When we don't push the envelopes of our lives, God sees us as wicked and lazy. When we don't take the step and we, we cave in because we are afraid of failing, God sees us as what? And, I mean, it's amazing. If only we will see as God sees when you don't take that bold step, for some people, the bold step they need to take, really, is, is in just raising their children properly. Just be firm. You don't want to be firm because what if my child doesn't like me growing up? You're afraid. Some people, the bold step you need to take is to, is to, is to love your, your spouse, love your wife. What if, what if she takes me for granted? You are afraid. And every time we don't take the step, Jesus sees us as what? Lazy and wicked. Wicked and lazy. I mean, those are strong words. 
So the point is this. You cannot please God by playing it safe. Check in any area of your life. You cannot please God by playing it safe. Without faith, without risk taking, it is impossible to please God. You cannot please God by playing it safe. You have to trust God. So today, we are going to look at these six ways to banish the fear of failure. Six ways to banish the fear of failure. Are we ready? In order for me to banish the fear of failure, the first thing I must do is I must remember that everybody fails. Everybody. It sets you free. Everybody fails. Pastor, is that true? Do you mean such and such a person? Everybody fails. Okay, you pastor, have you failed? Oh, plenty of times. I can tell you the story from now until tomorrow. <laughs> you know. But how come we can't see your failures? Simple. I get up very quickly and I try another thing. <laughs> the problem is we stay too long down. In fact, you can fall down in style and get up. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. They did a survey, I mean, a research, and they found out that, I mean, it sounds funny, it sounded funny to me when I read this um, report. They found out that human beings have a hundred percent, the human species has a hundred percent failure rate. In other words, there is no single perfect human homo sapien. I'm like, do you need the research to do that? God says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So everybody is imperfect. Praise the name of the Lord. Everybody fails. The only way to avoid failure is never to try. Everybody fails. If you want to overcome the fear of failure, you must remember that everybody what? Everybody fails. James chapter 3, verse 2, in your outline, it says, we all, you can circle that all, we all stumble in many ways. Now, it says, we all stumble. Stumble. Just the f- a few of us stumble. Nope. The average of us, the mediocre st- stumble. No. Um, the less than perfect stumble. No. How many of us stumble? How many of us stumble? Oh, does all include evangelists? Does all include congregation members? Does all include prophets? Does all include, um, I don't want to say pastors because pastors are supposed to be perfect. <laughs> but does all include pastors? We all, all means all. The 
day you get that into your brain, you set yourself free. Everybody fails. Now, we all stumble in a few ways. We all stumble once in a lifetime. We all stumble in many ways. Now, now is this a, is this a, um, is this a ticket to go and start stumbling? <laughs> of, co- of course not. If you live your life wanting to be stumbling, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to make anything out of your life. That's not the point. The point is this. Give it your best shot, but be sure of one thing, you will, you will, you will stumble. It's human. When you do, what should you do? Get up. Get up. Like I said, I mean, I can give you loads and loads and loads of examples, personal examples. But let me go quickly. There's time. I will delve into them. Praise the name of the Lord. Romans 3.23 that we alluded to in the Philippians translation, it says, everyone has sinned Everyone falls short of the beauty of God's plan. Everyone. So, for me to banish the fear of failure, the first thing I need to do, I need to just calm down. Everybody fail. I'm not going to be afraid of failure. I'm not going to be afraid of failure. Everybody fail. That's number one. Number two, I must realize that Failure is not fatal. Failure is not going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. It's not fatal. It's not final. Failure is not fatal. In fact, it is the fear of failure that kills more than failing itself. Proverbs 24, verse 16. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For even though a righteous man falls seven times, what does he do? He rises again. Even though a righteous man falls seven times. Now, even good guys fall. Even good guys fall. So when you do, don't take it too personally. Many times we take ourselves too seriously. Yeah, we should, but sometimes we just need to laugh at ourselves because you are going to mess up. Praise the Lord. You are starting a new business, you are going to make mistakes. Standard. Standard. You are new on the job, you are going to make mistakes. Standard. Your child has just gone to SS1 or class, whatever they call it now. She's going to make mistakes. It's going to make mistakes. It's standard. Now, before you burn your fuse, think about your own life when you were in from SS1. Just think about Before you break your head, think about your own life when you were in from. Uh, did God not help you? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Say to your neighbor, calm down. Many times, the, the, the factors that causes failure is totally out of our control. It's out, of, it's out of your control. And, and that alone, I can go into that heavily. There are so many things out of your control. Where you are born is out of your control. The family you are born to is out of your control. The country you, you are born into is out of your control. 
after you have chosen to marry somebody, what the person does is out of your control. God says, child, yes. It's out of your control. What kills people, I mean, prematurely, is trying to control what is out of their control. It's out of your control. Let it go. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, we must never get tired of what? Of doing good. Because if we don't give up the struggle, we shall get our harvest when? At the proper time. Every harvest has a proper time. Keep doing good. Every harvest has a proper time. Just keep going. Just keep going. Every harvest has a proper time. In fact, I can tell you that you become a success through failure. The path, how many people want to be successful? Let me see your hands up. I'm successful. God wants to be successful. If your hands are not up, I rebuke that spirit. In Jesus' name. God wants to, okay, good. All hands are up. You can put it down. All of you will be successful in Jesus' name. God wants to be successful. The path to success is failure. I don't want to ask how many people want to fail. Put up your hand. Don't worry. There's no point. <laughs> the path to success. Look, you need to understand this. If you don't understand this as an entrepreneur, you will kill yourself prematurely. If you don't understand, even as a, as a Christian, as a normal person, it's standard. If I, if I tell you how many businesses I've started, some died on arrival. <laughs> some worked for a few months. Some went on for a few years. You know, you get up and you go again. Big deal. Praise the Lord. There's a um, story of a man I want to read to us. When he was seven years old, his family was forced out of their home because of legal technicalities. He had to work to help to support his family at age seven. At age nine, while still a backward, shy little boy, his mother died at age nine. At age 22, he lost his job as a store clerk. He wanted to go to law school, but he didn't have the, uh, the qualifications to go. At age 23, he went in debt to become a partner in a small store. Three years after, age 26, his business partner died, leaving him a huge debt that took years and years to repay. At age 28, after developing a romantic relationship with a young lady for four years, he asked her to marry him, and she said, no. And she walked away. He was devastated. At 37, on his third try, he finally was elected into Congress. 
Two years later, he ran again, and he failed. He had a nervous breakdown at age 41, adding additional heartache to an un already unhappy marriage. His four-year-old son died. The next year, he says, okay, he's not going for Congress. He went for land officer, ordinary land officer. He was rejected. At 45, he ran for Senate. He lost. Two years later, he was defeated for vice presidential nomination. At age 49, he ran for Senate again and lost. At age 51, Abraham Lincoln became the president of the United States of America. To one. At age 51. With all the failures, just kept going. Some people, all they need in their life to become, to put up a pity party is for their mother to die at nine. That is all they need. They will tell you, ah, if only I had the mother. That is why I'm this. No, 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 no. Get up. For some people, just, they lost a job. Big deal. For some people, it's debt. Huge debt. Big deal. Yet, for some people, you toasted a babe for four years. And she looks in the face and she says she's not marrying you. <laughs> some people try to commit suicide. And on and on and on. And eventually became, in fact, one of the best presidents in the United States till date, Abraham Lincoln. The question is, what is the failure? It's common to man. Just get up, dust your body, and keep on moving. It's not fatal. So, fact. Failure is not the worst thing that can ever happen to you. Don't blow it out of proportion. Don't blow it out of proportion. It's not the worst thing that can ever happen to you. Don't blow it out of proportion. The scripture says that there's no temptation that has come upon you, but that which is common to man. It's common. It's common. Everyone say common. You are holding yourself. Your head, yeah, bah, I'm I'm amusing the young boy. I say, yeah, pa, I don't die. You never die. You never die. Relax. It's common. Everybody say, common. It's common. He say, pastor, you don't understand. I am going through a precarious, peculiar situation. The Bible says, common. Like pure water. It's common. Don't specialize your case. It's common. Look at your neighbor and say, it's common. Yeah, it's common. Very common. So, for, for, for me to banish fear out of my life, number one, I must remember that's what? Everybody fears. Number two, I must realize that it's not fatal. Number three, I must recognize the benefits of failure. Failure is beneficial. Whether we like it or not. Romans 8.28, it says, and we know that all in all things, everyone say all things, 
we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him according to his purpose. All things work together for good. Everything, including failure, everything. So there's, there's, there's value in, in failing. So a few benefits of, of failure. Number one, obviously, it educates us. Failure educates us. You know the story of Thomas Edison, the guy that created the light bulb. He failed 9,999 times. He failed 9,999 times. He only got it right on the 10,000 time. And he says that he discovered 9,999 ways to get it to make it work. I mean, the popular saying, it's easy to quote it, but you need to apply it in your life. It's education. Everyone says it's education. It's education. I am of the opinion that some things are best learned from other people's experience. Sis, because life is too short to learn everything by experience. It's best to learn from other people's experience. But I also know that there are certain things you, can, you will never learn except you experience them. When other people are telling you, it's, it will be like they are joking, theory. But when you put your hand in the fire and you feel the heat, that day you will know that <laughs> fire burns. You've been reading it, the books, fire burns, uh, fire burns, uh, fire burns. Put your hand in the fire. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> so some things can only be learned by experience. In fact, what separates smart people from dull people, foolish people, is that smart people learn from their own experiences. A foolish person doesn't learn from their experience. So a foolish person repeats the same, ex- the same mistakes over and over. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody falls. The smart person learns from his fall. The foolish person does not learn from his fall. I don't have a problem with people making mistakes. I have a problem with people making the same mistakes over and over. I have a huge problem with that. Praise the Lord. Everyone fails, but smart people learn from failure. It educates us. Number two, it develops our skills. It develops our skills. How did you learn to walk? Think about it. How did you learn to walk? You learn to walk by falling. You learn to walk by falling. Even if you can't remember, at least you've seen little children learn to walk and they fall. They may not try it again that same day, the fall is big, but the following day, they are up again. Praise the Lord. So you can't stop. It develops your skills. Keep failure, keep failing, keep failing, keep learning. Keep growing. Keep developing. How do you learn to ride a bicycle? I know some of you can ride a bicycle. I've spoken to a lot of people recently in a few days, and a lot of them tell me, oh, Pastor, I can't ride a bicycle. I'm like, what? Which primary school did you go to? I'm joking. It's not important of your primary school. You, you can't ride a bicycle if you're afraid of falling. You must make up your mind. I'm a wobble. 
But I'm going to get it. If you can't brave it, you can't do it. As simple as it is. That's life for you. So failure is the stepping stone to success if we keep trying new approaches. If we keep trying new approaches. You've tried this way, it failed, try again. Not the same way, another way. Benefit number three, it helps us discover our true talent. It's different from developing our skills. It helps us discover who we really are, what we really have on the inside. There's a, there's a man called um, Nathaniel Horton. You, you may know him if you, are, if you read, read a lot. You must have heard of Nathaniel Horton. He's one of the best writers in history, if you will. Fictional um, writers. He always wasn't happy it was a custom officer. It was a custom clerk. But every time he, he, he keeps telling his wife that, oh, he wish he had more time to write. He wish he would just get a huge publishing firm that would sign him up and give him a large sum of money for him to just sit down somewhere and write. He's always wanted to write since he was toasting the girl. He's always wanted to write. They've been married for many years. He's always wanted to write. So one day, he went to work and they fired him. When they fired him, he got home dejected told his wife, the wise woman pampered him, took him to the dining table, sat him down, gave him a journal, and gave him a pen, and said, yeah, begin to write. <laughs> You've always wanted to write. You never had it. Now you have the time. It's food you want. I'll be supplying you food. <laughs> begin to write. And on that desk, he wrote the scarlet letter. If you know about the scarlet letter, it's one of the best written books in history. He wrote the Scarlet Letter and many other books that followed. And now is the household name because he was fired. If he wasn't fired, he would never have written. He would never have discovered And some of you need to be fired. I know you are saying, oh, wh- wh- why? Wait till I call, call fight church today now. <laughs> Something just they push me, make I come, make I come, make I come. You have heard, some of you need to be fired. And rightly so. Because you need to come in contact with who you are, with what is inside of you. You are not aware of what you are carrying. You have no clue. When I was in secondary school, secondary school, secondary school, yes. Um, some school, my mother was, she was the vice principal or something, or she was teaching, I can't remember. Maybe she was, she wasn't vice, VP then. But, you know, I got into trouble. Why are you laughing? Long story short, I was suspended from school. I mean, imagine the, the, the shame. Your mom, the, like the senior teacher, I was flogged on the assembly line. I won't tell you how the flogging went. I've told you that story before, right? <laughs> if you remember. You know, 
I was like close to my final year in secondary school. And I, I had two weeks suspension. Now, before then, I'd always wanted to become a pharmacist. I just chose it at random. What do you want to become? The question was becoming too much. I, <laughs> so I said, you, you be want to know what I want to become? Pharmacist. Leave me alone. <laughs> but I, 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 I always want to become a pilot. You know, I'm still going to fly a plane. Don't worry. Very soon. And some people are like, why do you want to fly a plane? Because I just want to fly a plane. Why, why did Peter work on water? Is it necessary to work on water? <laughs> anyway. In that two week of suspension, I, was, I almost said vacation. <laughs> In that two weeks of suspension, I came, because I was at home alone, my neighbor was a software guy. And I went to him and I, I was like, I got fascinated by software. I seen what software can do. It changed my life. If I was not suspended, I would not have met that guy because I shot after that he traveled to um, it was out of the place. I would not have learned what I learned from him. It would, have, it would have sparked up something in me and the course of my life would not have changed. Even though what I did was bad, I'm not saying it was good, but God makes all things to work together for good. For those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. You may have said, oh, but I made a mistake. If you will allow God, he can turn it around for your good. That's his specialty. If you will allow him, he will. Even a legitimate mistake can be to your advantage. Number... For the benefits of failure, number one, it educates us. Number two, it develops our skills. Number three, it helps us discover our true talent. Number four, it makes us less judgmental of others. The more you fail, the more sympathetic you become. The less arrogant you become. You see, failure restrains arrogance. If you see people that are arrogant... They need failure, but battle of failure. You know what they call that? When they receive failure, double doses, it calms you down. It, it makes you humble. Mm. It makes you very humble. Nobody becomes humble by choice. Even Jesus lent obedience through the things he suffered. Read the scriptures. It's there in Hebrews. But the problem is, once you suffer it once, that should be enough. Why should you keep suffering the same thing? If you, if you, you did something that was wrong, you suffered, then God gives you another opportunity You are doing the same thing. Is that not foolishness? It's foolishness. Just take it in. 
Personally, you must have heard me say this several times. I cannot trust a man that doesn't have scars. When people in ministry, when people, I meet people, they are very polished. Everything about them is shining. They know what to say, what, where to say hallelujah, where to talk, everything. I'm, I'm very afraid. <laughs> I don't commit to such people. Show me your scars. I want to see. If you don't have scars, go and get scars first. Yes. Everybody needs a scar or two. So, Pastor, you don't want us to be perfect? No, I know you are not perfect. So, if I see you as perfect, if you portray yourself as perfect, immediately I know you're a hypocrite. Because no one is perfect. To banish fear, I must, one, remember that what? Everybody fails. Number two, I must realize that what? It's not fatal. Number three, I must recognize the benefits of failure. And number four, I must redefine failure. I must redefine it. Failure is not, is not, should not be what the world has called it to be. I must redefine it. Failure is not because I've done something and it didn't work. That's not failure. Failure is not doing that thing in the first place. Failure is not making an effort that become, became fruitless. Failure is not making the effort. I must redefine it. I must redefine it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 12. Ecclesiastes 3 12. It says, I realize that all we can do is be happy and what? Do the best we can. That's all we can do. Be happy and do the best we can while we are alive. That is all you can do. You are a husband, you are a wife, you are a father, you are a mother, you are a child, you are a student, you are an entrepreneur, you are a professional. All you can do. Be happy and do the best that you can. That is all you can do. Because it's, God doesn't require anything more from you. Once you've done your best, leave the rest. I'd rather attempt something great and fail than not attempt anything and succeed. You know, if you don't attempt anything, you always succeed in nothing. <laughs> I'd rather attempt something great and fail. In fact, there's one of my mantras is, I'm sure you are aware, I'd rather try and be told that it cannot be done than not try and be told that it could have been done only if I tried. I, I can live with the fact that I've tried and it didn't work. I, I can live with the fact that I've tried. But I can't live with the fact that I could have tried. I can't. So I, I, I will try. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4 7, 2 Timothy 4 7, Paul says, I have done my best in the race. I have run the full distance. I have kept the faith. Paul did not say, I have done my best and I came first. 
Is, is that in your Bible? So the issue is not coming first. The issue is going the course. The issue is, did you finish? The issue is not, did you come first? The issue is, did you do what you were told to do? If you do what you were told to do, you, you've come first. Because you are first by you are competing with yourself, not with anybody else. But if you don't do it, then that's where the issue is. So when we give up too soon, that is failure. That is failure. We have to keep trying. First Corinthians 13, 8. First Corinthians 13, 8. The word of God says in First Corinthians 13, 8 that love never fails. Now, it's just a very powerful scripture. Love never fails. You know what that means? It means anything I do out of love, I will not come out as a failure. Let me backtrack. If I'm preaching, I'm teaching out of love, I don't need to worry, oh, did I preach well? Did I preach like that great preacher? It's not important. I've, it's, I'm not a failure already, immediately. If I'm a husband and I'm doing my function out of love, love never fails. If I'm a wife, out of love, love never fails. If I'm a student, out of love, love never fails. So we have to do everything out of love. I'm parenting. Out of love, love never fails. But I, 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 I made a mistake as a parent. I'm not the best parent. But you did it out of love. Everyone says you are not a failure. Amen. Everyone says you are not a failure. That's, that's what the Bible says. Love never fails. Love never fails. So you can either live in love or live in, or live in fear. It's your choice. And I, 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 and I pray you choose love. You can either, if you live in love, you fear God. If you don't fear God, you, you, you fear, there are many things to fear. So many things to fear. Um, let's roll this video on fear. And they all have me. The fear of wide open spaces is called agoraphobia. The fear of spiders, arachnophobia. The fear of needles, can you roll up your sleeve for me? Is known as trypanophobia. Okay, okay, okay. Just, 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 just. And the fear of heights. Oh my goodness! Look at the view. Acrophobia. If you're afraid of the dark, you've got nyctophobia. Fear of long words is hippopotomonstrosesquipedeliaphobia. Why would they call it that? And fear of being trapped in a confined space with no escape? Claustrophobia. Most fears are bad. But there's one kind of fear that's good. The fear of God. Realizing that he's powerful. He's in charge. And he loves you perfectly. When we understand this perfect love, it has a way of making us all not so afraid. 
So when it comes to fear, we have a choice. Fear God. Or fear everything else. Which, by the way, is called panophobia. Okay, so fear God or fear everything else? Which do you choose? Fear God. Number five, so to banish the fear of failure, number one, I remember everybody fails. Number two, I realize failure is not fatal. Number three, I recognize the benefits of failure. Number four, I redefine failure. Number five, I resist the temptation of comparing myself to others. This is usually the root of a lot of failure, the fear of failure. Oh, she's better than me. Oh, he can sing better than me. Oh, um, is this better than me? Oh, is that, you know, it just overwhelms us. Galatians chapter 6 verse 4, it says, let everyone do his very best. For then he will have the personal satisfaction of work well done and won't need to compare himself with someone else. I think some of us need to take this scripture and put it in front of our bed that we read it every day. Do your best. That's all God wants from you. Just be there. You know, I remember in ministry, it's, it's always, you know, back then, when, when we were in the city of David, I was in um, prayer department, and one, one of these services called Lazarus Comfort, similar to God Regan's service, you know. They were, of course, all the ministers and all the pastors, you know, and all that. For some reason, Pastor's first sent for me and says, I will be anointing and laying hands on people with him. I almost fainted. I was like, no, no, no. I ran away. I came back again. No, I was afraid. What was I afraid of? I was afraid of Nobody will be on my queue. <laughs> Everybody will be on Pastor's queue. <laughs> who wants to be? I mean, who wants? Who wants you to lay hands on you? He's so anointed. You are not. Look at that. Can you want to stand on the same altar with? I remember the scripture. Let he that ministers minister according to the ability that God has given so that God in all things can be glorified. Even though I was shaky, I stood. <laughs> Say, okay, even if it's one I know my wife will come and meet me. <laughs> Bottom line is we compare ourselves and we make ourselves look so small. Of course, it was so, I couldn't even imagine what was going through his mind. 
that he will ask me to come and join them. I'm like, but we make ourselves look so small. And God says, I can see you already. Just be yourself. Don't compare yourself with anybody. You don't know what I've taken them through. Praise the name of the Lord. In the NLT translation of Galatians 6, it says, pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anybody else. You won't need to. Just pay careful attention to your own work. Mind your own business. So to banish fear, I must remember that everybody fails. Number two, I must realize that failure is not fatal. fatal. Number three, I must recognize the benefits of failure. Number four, I must redefine failure. Number five, I must resist comparing myself to others. And number six, I must replace my fear with faith in Christ. I must replace my fear with faith in Christ. In Matthew 9.29, the second, um, very last um, scripture there, it says, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. It's according to your faith. It's according to your faith. You can program yourself for faith in God or for fear of failure. Like we said, it's your choice. You can program yourself faith in God or fear of failure. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? So instead of being driven by the fear of failing, we should be driven by the faith to succeed. The faith to succeed should drive us instead of the fear of failure. Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13. It says, I have the strength to face all conditions. By the power of Christ that lives in me, or by the power that Christ gives me, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power who Christ gives me. Not, I have the strength to face all conditions because of a crystal ball, or I have the strength to face all conditions because of Igbo or marijuana. Some people cannot face situations without taking cigarettes. Some people cannot do basic things without knocking themselves off with alcohol. You know? I can do all things through what? Through Christ who strengthens me. Not through medication. 
not through cocaine, not through cigarette, not through substances, through who? Christ. Through Christ. So the answer to the fear that we feel, the fear of failure and every other fear, like we said, the answer to fear is a person. The answer to fear is a person. And that person is Jesus. That's the answer to fear. How is Jesus the answer to fear, pastor? It's simple. Two things. It's proximity and it's his voice. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me lie down in green pastures. Because he's my shepherd, I will not want, I will not <clears throat> fear, I will not be afraid. He leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. And it goes on and on and it says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Now, that is interesting because it talks about his rod, his word, his direction, his, his leading. So, J- Jesus is the antidote to fear and the fear of failure because of his presence and because of his voice. When we hear his voice, it speaks peace to our hearts. When we hear his voice, even in the midst of confusion, we know we should go on. I remember the very first God will again service. The very first one. I had a serious mind attack. The enemy says to me, Huh. This thing, who sent you to do it? It's going to fail. You are going to make a big joke out of yourself. Nobody will be healed. In fact, you're a fraud. I'm telling you, and I was just sitting down there like I was being beaten. And I was believing the lie. I was like, hey, and there's something that was, I, I hated is to be, I, I, I hate to be hypocritical. It says, who told you that people will get saved? Who told you they will get healed? Who told you they will get any breakthrough? You just like deceiving people. I was like, Jay. <laughs> I was afraid. In fact, he went ahead to tell me nobody will show up. I was going to cancel the program. But the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> I can remember clearly. I was sitting down in my office on the floor. When I was going through this, I was praying. And the enemy attacked my mind. I, I was confused. I was going to cancel this. I was sitting on the floor, under the table. And God spoke to me. And his voice drove away all the fear. Totally. Totally. That God ruling in service. The number of people that got healed 
saved. The testimony, I was blown away. If only we can hear our father's voice. If only we can hear his voice. I need to hear my father. I need to hear my father. The whole place may be dark and confused, but I need what? To hear my father. They may say, oh, this, that, this, that, this, that. Do this, we do that. I need to hear my father. There's a video that depicts this. It's some guy that worked on a high tension cable. Oh, blindfolded. His only guide to where the bumps are on the, ro- on the rope was the voice of his father. Let's roll the video. Now, the point is this. He needed to hear his father. His life dependent on the voice of his father. Otherwise, those things can trip him and he will lose his life. Now, it's not only him. The father also knew my son needs to hear my voice. Otherwise, I will lose the son today. The weight is not only on you. Even God knows that he has to give you instruction. So when you go to God and you need direction, you need this voice to, to wipe away the fears. Sometimes we think we are the ones just making all the efforts. No. The Father is also bearing the weight. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.